Are you happy this morning? Listen, church, I'm so happy this morning because I have him. I'm the happiest person in the room. Maybe not really. Man, we have him. Listen, everybody understand this. Uh, Empty-handed but alive in his hands. The Bible says in Luke 9, 14, if you hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you let go of your life for the sake of Jesus Christ, you'll actually gain a life worth living. I live empty-handed, but yet I'm in his hands. Therefore, I'm alive. Amen. The only way you can truly be alive is if you're in his hands. So I just want to ask you a question this morning. Are you in his hands? Oh, man. I I want to make sure you understand something this morning. It's all about him. It's all about him. Everything comes back to the person of Jesus Christ. I came here this morning bringing you really good news. There's a chance that you've heard a lot of bad news throughout your week, but I came bringing good news, and it's this. Christ Jesus was crucified for you, and that crucifixion changes everything in your life. Do you believe it this morning? That crucifixion changes everything. Listen, I want to tell you up front, I did not come with a message this morning. I came with a person, and his name is Jesus. I hope you didn't come here this morning to hear a good message. I hope you came to encounter the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords because he's in the room, and he's ready to encounter you right where you are. He was crucified for you. He didn't go to the cross for himself just to fulfill what he was supposed to do. He went to the cross because he loves you. And his victory gets to become your victory in every area of your life. Every area of your life gets to be consumed with the blood of Jesus Christ. It changes everything. You ought to be a lot happier than that. He is everything. I want to make sure we understand this morning that this Christian life is not about what we know. It's all about who we know. And it's this man named Jesus of Nazareth that was crucified for you. The result of his crucifixion this morning is that you get get to be forgiven. Like, Like every sin and every mistake... Like there's no mistake too big. Like like the blood of Jesus just takes care of all of it. You get to be forgiven. You get to be cleaned up. You get to be free. You get to be brand new. Your body gets to be healed because the blood of Jesus Christ took care of everything. Your mind gets to be renewed. And Jesus was crucified so that you no longer have to focus on you. You can place your focus, attention, and your affection on him. Oh, We get to place all of our focus on him. And as we place our focus, attention, and affection on him, we realize, like, he's, like, all about us. So so you don't, listen, you don't have to do the self-reflective thing. You don't have to reflect on yourself and how to get better and get to somewhere. Man, you just spend time with Jesus, and he'll take you right where you need to go. I promise, y'all, I live this every single day. When you and I are consumed with Jesus, when we are possessed and consumed with him, it doesn't matter what you're faced with because when you're face-to-face with him, everything falls into place. Your perspective shifts, your heart shifts, things begin to happen. I promise, 
it, it really works. It's this man named Jesus. He's great. Man, I I just I just want to talk about this man named Jesus today. I, I, I didn't come with a message, I came with a person. And I, I have been, I want to invite you to watch something with me. I have been, for the past uh, really two months, I've been watching this video about the person of Jesus. And like, it's been changing my life. I, I've been watching this video just about uh, like, like who he is and what he invites us into. See, I, I think what happens, y'all, is that it's like we understand that we're supposed to be consumed with Jesus. But it's like, if we're not careful, we'll just add him to our day. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, and our excuse is, is that we live really busy lives. So, so we're, we're doing our own thing, and we just add Jesus, we just add him to the thing that we're doing. And I understand that we're busy, and we have things going on, and our things that we have going on are important, but they're not more important than him. Like, he has to be the most important thing in our, in our life. And when he is, all the other things that are important actually come to life. We can't just add Jesus into our day. I understand that, like, we have jobs and we have bills to pay and we have families to lead and we have children to raise and we have hobbies we enjoy and friends that we want to be with. Man, but if we're just adding Jesus to our day because we're Christians and that's what we're supposed to do, man, then we're only ever going to turn to him when it's convenient for us. Jesus is not a convenient snack machine where we just pick and choose what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. Jesus is not supposed to be added to our life. He's supposed to be our life. If we just add Jesus to our life, then when we're faced with tough things and circumstances and we get faced with bad news or disappointing news, we won't know what to do because he's just convenient for us. We'll become fearful, we'll become worried, we'll become anxious, and he, oftentimes he becomes the last person we turn to. We just start tossing prayers up to heaven from a place of panic because we've just added him to our life. He has to be everything. When we just add Jesus to our life, man, we just, we go to our jobs and we're bored out of our mind. And the grass looks greener on the other side and we're waiting on what's going to happen next and we're waiting on, on God to make something happen. But he already has. He sent Jesus and he was crucified for you. And Jesus is standing here going, hey, I'm right here. Let's go. I've got, I want to do something new in you. I want to do something new through you every day of your life. Come run with me. See, it's not about what you know. It's about who you know. We have to be consumed with the man. I, and I'm, I'm just, I've been watching this video. Some of you may have seen it before. I just came across it a couple of months ago. And some weeks I watch it every day and I just weep as I look at who Jesus is and what he's invited us into. And so, Mel, you can play. I just want to watch this video with me. The Bible says my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I wonder do you know him. My king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's 
immortally graceful. He's impurely powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all-sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a well-framed of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign and his yoke is easy, and his burden is lighter. I wish I could describe him, but yet he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. He's irresistible. Well, you can't get him out of your mind. You see, you can't get him off of your head. You can't outlive him, and you can't live without him. Well, the Pharisees found out they couldn't stop him. Tyler couldn't find any fault in him. Terror couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him. And the grave couldn't hold him. I wonder, do you know him? <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> man, there's no, there's no one like him. And the question is, is do we really know him? Not just up here, but right here. And that's been my prayer. Jesus, I just want to know you. Not just up here, but right here. And Jesus, I just want to be in love with you. I want to be so in love with you, Jesus, that everywhere I go, man, your love just oozes out of me. So that when people look at my life, they don't just see me. They see him in me, and they want what I have, and what I have is him. Because Jesus is the most attractive person on the planet. And I want to be so enthralled, infatuated in love with him, man, that like just his joy and his hope and his peace and his love, it just just comes out of me everywhere I go. And when people look at my life, they just see something different in me. And they want, I want what that guy has. I want what he walks in. He's so different, man. It's the light of the world, man. 
He's the light of the world. He's the light and the life of all mankind. He's the way, the truth, and the life. He's the name that's above all names. And at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He's the greatest phenomenon to ever cross the horizon. Do we know him? He's the highest, loftiest thought in philosophy. I wish I could describe him to you, but he's indescribable. He's incomprehensible. He's invincible. Yet he's unstoppable. His name is Jesus Christ. Do we know him? And I want to make sure of something this morning. We gather together on these Sunday mornings for one reason and one reason only. And his name is Jesus Christ. People go, man, I go to church on Sundays, man, to be a part of family because I need family. Yes, you do need family. We need one another. That's important. But did you know that Jesus is the one that creates family? Apart from him, it's a dysfunctional family. We come to church for him, and it just so happens that he creates unity and community and family. Some people go, man, I'm going to church today just so I can get a good word. Maybe somebody will prophesy over me and what I'm going through. You do not come to church to get a good word. You come to church because of Jesus Christ. Did you know that, that he is the source by which all the words flow through? It's about him. Some people go, man, I go to church, man, to get healed. I need healing in my body. And yes, you will be healed. But did you know that Jesus is the source of your healing? See, it's all about him. We're here for him and he's here for us. And somewhere in the middle, there's an explosion. And the result is that your life is never the same. Amen. It's Jesus, man. Amen. It's Jesus. I, it continues to, to really mess me up, man, just to say that right, he's right here in this room. And he's ready to meet you right where you are this morning. And some people go, man, Wes, that's great, but I don't see him anywhere. Well, 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says we walk by faith and not by sight. I don't have to see him in order to believe in him. You open up your heart just a little bit. You won't need to see him. You'll begin to experience him. He's in the life-changing business, man. I just feel like he's saying right now, you're here this morning, and you will not leave empty-handed. He's in the life-changing business. I, I also I, I feel like, man, it's, 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 we're good to go. You know, I don't really see him in the physical, but I believe in him. I believe that he's here. I'm going to open up my heart, man, but, but I wish I could feel him from time to time. There's people around me that jerk and shake and shout, and they feel the presence of God, and they tell me that they feel him, but I've never felt him before. It's a good thing you're not in a feeling. You're in a relationship with him. Amen? If you want to feel something, feel free to receive what he paid for you to have 2,000 years ago. Just open up your heart a little bit. You won't need to see him. You won't need to feel him. You'll begin to experience him, and your life will never be the same. Something will begin to happen in your heart. Something will begin to happen in your body if you have any kind of ailment. He's the healer. It's Jesus Christ. Don't outthink it. Don't overcomplicate it. It's not what you know. It's who you know. It's the person of Jesus. And it reminds me of the story. I, I love talking about Reinhard Bonnke. But he, 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 was, he holds or used to hold these huge uh, crusades in Africa, right, and where he would share the gospel. And, and he would say, man, some nights I would be sitting there, and the Reinhard Bonnke's with Jesus now. But he, some nights he'd be sitting there on a stage and listening to the worship teams. And he said, man, I'd be looking into a sea of people. 
And he said, some nights there'll be 300,000 people ready to hear the gospel. He said, some nights there'd be 500,000. He said, some nights there would be a million plus people ready to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And Ron Harbaki would say, man, I'm sitting there. I'm listening to the worship team. I see all these people, but I don't feel anything. Much less do I see him. He goes, and it's in those moments that I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 28. Verses 18, 19, it's the Great Commission where Jesus says, go and make disciples of all nations. Baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them everything I've commanded you. And then he says, and lo, I am with you always into the very end of the age. Look at that church. Lo, he is with us. I don't need to see him or feel him to know that he's with me. He said, I'll be sitting on the stage and I don't feel anything. But I'm reminded that, lo, he is with me. So I get out of my seat. I grab the mic and I begin to preach the gospel. And all of a sudden, man, I hear, I hear somebody shout, hey, I can see. And I begin to see blind eyes open up. He said, all of a sudden, I begin to see a wheelchair lift up in the sky. And all of a sudden, another wheelchair goes up. All of a sudden, there's a pile of wheelchairs, and the lame and the cripple are walking and dancing around the wheelchairs. All of a sudden, somebody else shouts, hey, I can hear. And I just begin to see deaf ears open and blind eyes open and the lame walk and the cripple see it. And my heart monkey goes, and I discover that that is actually the greatest way to see my king. The greatest way you and I could ever see, feel, or experience Jesus is to watch him work. It's to see people's lives change. You want to see Jesus more? Start sharing the gospel with people. Start laying hands on the sick. Look at me, you guys, the gospel. It's our mission. We can't be okay with just being okay. I cannot be okay with just hoping that everything works out for people. I can't be okay with just hoping, man, that God moves in this person's life. I can't be okay with just waiting for God to make something happen. Christ was crucified for the whole world. Something's already happened. The question is, is are we okay with people spending eternity apart from God? If you're not okay with that, you can do something about it. Oh, it's our mission. We look at the life of Jesus And his mission, and his mission becomes our mission because he lives in us now. Are you with me? That's something that's continuing to change my life. Not only is he in this room, but he's in this room. He lives in me, and because he lives in me, Ephesians 3, 17, John 14, 23, 1 Corinthians 6, 19, there's a ton of scriptures that talk about Jesus living in our heart. I heard this before. A scholar said, man, it is not biblical to invite Jesus into your heart. The Bible doesn't say to invite him in your heart. It says to believe in him. Well, the result is when you believe in him is he comes in your heart. So it is very biblical to say, Jesus, I invite you into my heart. Woo! He, listen, he lives in me, which means like, like we're, not, we're not just followers of Jesus now. We actually get to become like him. I want you to see the difference. It's one thing to follow him. It's another thing to become like him, and we can because he's possessed us. Are you with the disciples followed him? Some people say that that had to be the pinnacle of Christianity when the disciples were in the physical presence of Jesus. Can you imagine being in the physical presence of Jesus? 
right? People go, man, that had to be it. But Jesus goes, man, I have something even better than that. Come on. In, in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus tells his disciples, it is best for you. It is actually for your advantage that I go and be with the Father because when I go, the Spirit will come. Watch. What's Jesus saying? It's one thing to be in his physical presence, but it's another thing for his presence to be in you. Now we no longer follow him. We get to become like him because we've been possessed by him. Are you with me this morning? We get to walk like him and talk like him and think like him because he lives in us. Christians go, man, I'm just trying to be a good follower. Don't try to be a good follower. Become like him. You've been possessed by him. You know what the scripture actually tells us that? In 1 John 3, 2 and 3, it says the goal in this Christian life is to become more and more like Christ. In Philippians 2, 5, it says that we should have the same attitude as Christ Jesus. In 1 Corinthians 2, 16, it says we've been given the mind of Christ so we can think the way that he thinks and see the way that he sees and feel what he feels and know what he knows. In 1 John 4, 17, Jesus says, just as I am, so are you. In Galatians 2.20, it says it's no longer we that lives, but it's Christ that lives in us. Ephesians 3.17 says Jesus lives in our heart, right? In, in John 14.12, it says Jesus says you can do the same things I've been doing, even greater things than these. In John 20.21, 20, Jesus looks at his disciples and breathed on them, and they received the Holy Ghost. Woo! The Spirit came to live in them. A lot of people say that that's when they became believers, born-again Christians. But then Jesus says this, just as the Father has sent me, I'm now sending you. Jesus is, listen, hey, look, Jesus is literally telling the disciples, hey, look, in the same way God sent me, now I'm sending you. And you can walk like me and talk like me and act like me. I didn't say that you could become Jesus. There's only one Jesus, but that Jesus lives inside of you so you can become like him. We get to represent him everywhere we go. We get to be his hands and feet on the earth so that when people see us, they see him in us. Are you with me this morning? This this is the the plan of the man. It's it's him. The goal is to become like him, and we can because he now lives inside of us. And so I, I just I want to take a few minutes, like as we, as we look at the life of Jesus, and if the goal is to become like him, I, I just want to talk about what he was like for just a second. And, it, and if I were to, like, study, study the life of Jesus and really look at him in the way the way he walked, the, the, the way he moved, and what he was driven by, I, I, we can sort of boil it down to three things. Now, when you look at the life of Jesus and study his life and apply his life to your life, you get so many takeaways. There's so many things that come with it. But I, I think that there are three things, three prevalent things that stick out when we talk about the life of Jesus. And I think it's these three things. He walked in authority. He moved in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was all driven by love and compassion. I think, man, if you study the life of Jesus, those three prevalent things really stick out. It's authority, power, and love. Authority, power, and love. And so I, I want to take a few minutes and just talk about those things. And I want to say this, too. This is probably for another message, but when you talk about Jesus, you can't talk about Jesus without also talking about the Father and the Spirit. They are three in one. Where you see Jesus, you see the other two. Something that's been changing my life recently besides that video <laughs> It's that the kingdom of God is not made up of individuals. It's made up of a family. 
the young adult group, man, we've been going after this on Wednesday nights. And, and it's like the, the kingdom of God, y'all, it's the three actually became one. Where you see one of them, you see the other two. They are an unstoppable trinity. They work and move together. It is a family business, a family affair. Are you with me? This is why I reiterate that we need one another. You were not meant to run this race alone. It's not really a race if there's nobody to run with. But we come for one reason and one reason. It's Jesus, but Jesus is so good at creating family. Are you with me? Look, to talk about the authority of Jesus, listen, the reason that Jesus had authority is because his father gave it to him. The reason that Jesus operated in power is because the Spirit rests upon him. And it was all driven by this love and compassion. For God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. And with Jesus came the Spirit, and with the Spirit came power. Are you with me this morning? This is exciting, man. Let, let's look at, really quick, just authority. I'm going to try to do this as fast as I can. Let's look at authority. And when we're talking about the authority that, that Jesus walked in, we're also talking about the authority that we now get to walk in. Because when we received him, we received everything that came with him. And one of the things that came with him was authority. This Jesus, this is the man, when he walked through a Jewish village, no one was left sick. Every, everyone he passed by, they were healed. This is the authority that he walked in. He healed the sick. It was not a problem for Jesus to multiply bread and fish to feed hungry bellies. This is the authority that he walked in. It was not a problem for him to walk on the waves, to walk on the water. Every storm he was in, he calmed. Even the elements bended to his will. Are you with me? This is the authority that Jesus walked in. But I want you to see something. Jesus didn't walk in authority for authority's sake. He didn't walk in authority to show everybody that he was in charge and he was the king of the world. The authority that he walked in was for people's sake. Look, look, this is so important, church. All of this has to be driven by love and compassion for people. See, Jesus came not to do his will, but to reveal the will of the Father. Jesus came to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. He came to align this earth that we live in with the reality of heaven. And in heaven, there is no sickness. So every Jewish village he walked by, everybody was healed. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no disease. And nobody is hungry in heaven. So when he passed by people who had hungry bellies, what did he do? He fed them. Right? Every storm that he was in, he come because there's no storms in heaven. I want you to see that Jesus came to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. This was the point of his authority. Listen, if people are not the point of your authority and power, then what is the point? The goal is not for people to encounter you. The goal is for people to encounter him. Jesus, man, his authority was not... For his kingmanship, his authority was for his love and compassion for the people around him. Here's some scripture to back this up. So like 1 Corinthians, note Colossians. Let's start there. Colossians verse one, verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 16 says this. It says everything, everything was created by Christ. Everything on this earth was created by him. Things in heaven, things on earth, things visible, things invisible, every throne, every ruler, and every power was created by Jesus. God put him in charge. 
in uh, Ephesians 1.22, it says that God placed everything under Jesus' feet and appointed him head over every ruler and every authority. Watch, for the sake of the church. The authority he walked in was for you and I, it's for our benefit. So the authority that we now get to walk in is for the sake of the church. We don't walk in authority for authority's sake. We walk in authority for people's sake. Amen. Listen to this scripture. In Colossians 2, 9 and 10, it says the fullness of the deity lived in bodily form. Now, the deity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The fullness of the deity lived in Jesus, and Jesus demonstrated the, the deity in bodily form. Where you see Jesus, you see the other two. It is a family business. And it says that this Jesus now dwells and fills you and I in whom God appointed head over every ruler and every authority. What's that saying? When we receive Jesus, now we get to operate in the same authority that he operated in. Are you with me this morning? Look at me, church. There's a lot of Christians that walk around going, I have authority. No, you don't. You don't have authority. Jesus does. Are you with me? But Jesus has chosen to live in us. He has authority, but we get to be the ones to operate in it. Are you? He's the source of authority. If you think you have authority, you'll begin to impose your will on God's will. If you think you have authority on this earth, you'll begin to fight battles that have already been won. If you think you have authority, you'll chase down devils and try to cast them out. And I got news. Jesus didn't come to do those things. Jesus came to reveal the will of the Father. And he did it with love and compassion. And the byproduct was that the battle was won. Jesus didn't go around searching for devils to cast out. He went around sharing the good news, laying hands on the sick. And if a demon got in his way, it had to get out of the way because he walked in authority. People go, oh, man. No, the Bible says that Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Yes, that's what he did, but he didn't do it by focusing on the devil. He did it by loving people towards the heart of the Father. It's so important that we understand that Jesus is the one with authority, and we get to be the ones to operate in it from the source. So that it doesn't become about us and what we do. It comes at him and what he's already done. Are you with me this morning, church? Oh... This is so good. Look, and, and, and I don't have, like, the, the language for this. Well, I'm going to try to have the language for it. I, I can't point to this in a specific scripture, but from studying the life of Jesus and just my experience, man, Jesus walked in authority, and, and with authority, it, like, paved the way, cleared the path for the Spirit to come in power. I, so watch. I want you to know this. Because we carry Jesus, we walk in authority. So when you're praying for someone, like to be healed or uh, for depression to leave or whatever, like you already pray from a place of authority because you have him. You don't have to command and demand the sickness to leave like you can. And sometimes I use language of that, command sickness to leave right now in Jesus' name. But the reality is, is that we, we already walk in authority. You don't have to command and demand are you with me? Like, we don't have to demand God to do something that he already wants to do, and ultimately it's already been done. Because we have authority, we just pray, man. Listen, if somebody's sick, if somebody's depressed, that's not from God, so it has to go. And Jesus has authority over it. So we just say, man, sickness leave, and healing come in Jesus' name. That's it right there. 
Sickness needs healing come in Jesus' name. Jesus has already paid for it. Right? Healing is actually already there. So we're just coming into agreement with what the blood of Jesus paid for. That's all authority is. I'm coming into agreement with what the blood of Jesus paid for because I carry the one with authority already. Are you with me? So this authority, if you will, it paves the way and clears the, for the spirit to come in power. And it's all driven by this love from the Father. Do you see how they all work together? Some people ask the question, is it the authority of Jesus or the spirit and his power that heals and sets free? And the answer is yes. We walk in authority. We move in power. And it's driven by the love of the Father. It's an unstoppable trinity that you and I carry. Him living in us changes everything. Okay, power. Let, let, me, let, me, let me say this. You are qualified to be used by God through the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus qualifies you, but the Spirit is actually the key to getting the same results that Jesus got. Amen? There are a lot of people, and I've even felt this way. It's like, man, it's, I, there's no way God can use me this week or today. I got too much going on. I've made some mistakes. And yes, I know that there's forgiveness, but what we're essentially saying is there's no way I'm qualified to be used by God. I'm struggling with something right now. If I can just get over this hump, whoo, then I'm ready to go. And if God using you were contingent upon how perfect you were, you'd never be used. But God using you is not contingent upon how perfect you are. It's how perfect Jesus is. And the moment you receive Jesus, you receive perfection. He's the one that qualifies you. Here's what I'm trying to say. The Holy Spirit is given to us. Not as a reward of something that we've done, but as a gift because of what Jesus did. We've been given the, 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 the gift of the Holy Spirit not because we've done some great things. We've been given the Holy Spirit because we need him. I need him and everything that comes with him. I need the indwelling of the Holy Spirit because now greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. Now his power is made perfect in my weakness so I don't have to live on the struggle bus every day of my life. I can lean into him and say yes to him and he is victorious in my life. He's leading me, guiding me into the victory that Jesus won for me. Are you with me this morning? I need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I need his fire so that I can accomplish things that I wouldn't be able to within my own strength. See, the Great Commission is an impossible dream apart from the Holy Spirit and his power. The blood qualifies you, but the Spirit is the key to seeing the Great Commission fulfilled. Oh, if I don't have the Spirit and his power, then I'll just preach with wise and persuasive words. But if I have the Spirit, I'll preach by the demonstration of his power. I don't want to just present the gospel. I want to see the gospel change lives, heal bodies, renew minds, and save souls. And the Spirit is the key to this. Are you with me? I'm spinning everywhere. The Spirit, man. Is the key. It's amazing because in Acts chapter two, the the 120 went in the upper room and they were they were waiting on what they just didn't know what they were waiting on, and they were afraid. And then and suddenly, man, the spirit came, 
in power. And it said he divided among them like uh, flames of fire. A tongue of fire specifically it says on their head. I, I see tongues of fire over your head this morning. The spirit's divided among you like a tongue of fire. And it's amazing because if the spirit is resting on you like a tongue of fire, then you have permission to rest in him. Because he is perfect in everything that he does. See, the spirit and his power takes the pressure off and it gives us the pleasure, man, of just being ourselves. Of just stepping out and being driven by love and compassion and he moves and takes care of the rest. Are you with me this morning? Go preach the gospel, man. Lives are hanging in the balance. All of this gets to be driven by love and compassion. If Look, look how many know that it's good to... That have this desire to see the power of God move. Like, I want to see the power of God move. But if you're driven by that and you're not driven by love for other people, it will become more about what you say and how you say it. And next thing you know, you'll begin to be dependent upon you. And your mind will actually get in the way of your heart that's supposed to be driven by love and compassion. Are you with me? But when it's about people, see, y'all, every day, man, I, I just, I don't, I just, all I want to do is be more in love with Jesus. And so I just, I don't, I don't want to just add him to my life. He is my life. So I just spend time with him. And, and before you know it, man, I just begin to love what he loves and he loves people. And so everywhere I go, man, it's, I just have this desire for people to have what I have. See, when you received Jesus and he marked you with his love, it was an unselfish love. See, it's not just love for you, it's love for the people around you. I want people to have what I have, and I want them to have what I have because I love them, and I love them because he first loved me. And his love for me and my love for him just flows over into a love for other people. And so I just walk around seeing people the way that he sees them, feeling what he feels towards them, and I can't help but respond because I have love in my heart. Are you with me this morning? Oh, and so out of the overflow of my heart, hey, man, God loves you. Out of the overflow of my heart, hey, let me help you. Let me pray for you. It's, I, I, I get to be a demonstration of the gospel on two feet simply because Jesus has consumed my life. When he consumes your life, you'll be consumed with what he's consumed with, and he's consumed with people. I have this desire for people to step into what Jesus paid for them to have. And when we see that happen, there's no greater reward. When you see people encounter the love of Jesus and you see their life changed, you're like, man, that's living right there. We get to walk in the authority of Jesus. We get to move in the power. But it all gets to be driven by love and compassion, man. I, I, I share this one testimony, then I'll be done. I, I was, Caroline and I, and Jet and Blaze, we were at uh, Home Depot and we're, we're doing like a bathroom remodel project type thing. So we're looking at materials and stuff. And we're talking with this guy. And these two guys, man, two, two are, are workers. And we, they help us. And we walk away. And I just go, I said, hey, Caroline, I, like, I've got to tell them how much the Father loves them. i just, I got to ask him if I can pray for him. So I go up to this guy. I say, hey, man, I just I can't leave without telling you how much Jesus loves you, man. I said, is there anything I can pray for you about? I said, I actually just had this vision. Um, I, I, do you have knee pain in your knee? Like, do you have knee pain? And was it from a sports in, injury? And this is what he said. He said, no, I don't have any pain in my knee. Th- listen, how many of you know when there's, when there's love and compassion in your heart, you can't mess it up. You can't miss it. It's okay. I get some and I miss some. But the point is the love of God. 
The point is, is my willingness to step out and just ask, and the Spirit moves with love. Some Christians, man, we're, we're waiting on, man, if I can get this word for somebody, man, if I, we're waiting on the perfect, accurate, prophetic word, and that's your goal, not God's goal. Your goal is to have this perfect, accurate word of knowledge and prophetic goal, and God's going, I don't need that. I just need somebody that's willing and available. I just need somebody to step out with love in their heart, and I'll take care of the rest. Stop waiting on the right time. The time is now. Now is the time for salvation. Woo! I'm out of time. But now's the time for salvation. So he says, No, I don't have any knee pain. And I said, Praise Jesus. He said, But my feet are killing me. And I said, Awesome. Did you know that your feet are not too far from your knees? They're just inches apart. I didn't miss it. Because it's not about me and my word. It's about Jesus and our love for him. And so I, I just said, awesome, man. I began to pray for his feet and all his pain left. And then he said, man, then he said, will you pray for me? Because I just put an application into a college and I really want to get in. And so Caroline had this big prophetic word. They oftentimes, the gifts flow through our love. I want you to understand something this morning, church. We get to walk in authority and move in power, but if it's not driven by love and compassion, what's it driven by? It's driven by the wrong thing. This thing is about people. It's about people. And until we become about people, man, we'll just live a safe, I'm okay, Christian life. But yet when you read about the life of Jesus in the scripture and you see his mission, doesn't that change everything? When you realize that I I don't just follow him, he actually lives in me so I can become like him. I carry the solution to every problem, the cure for every disease, healing for every sickness, peace for every troubled mind, hope for every hopeless situation, and his name is Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus, and he's in me. So everywhere we go, he just comes out of me. Whether it's a smile or God bless you or Jesus loves you or can I pray for you or can I help you or you're amazing or thank you so much. Or hey, listen, you need to hear the gospel. Christ was crucified for you. Man, let's all stand up. Pops, you can go ahead and, man, is everybody happy? I, I, I rejoice too. Oh, man. We're here. We're here for the man who has the plan for your life. And that's it. And I really just felt like specifically that no one this morning leaves empty-handed. And as much as you're here for him, he's here for you. And so I don't know what you need this morning or why you came. But I just invite you to open up your hands right now before you, right now. And just tell Jesus, man, hey, I'm here for you. And I receive what you paid a price for me to have. And I just declare right now in the name of Jesus, Jesus, we thank you that you were crucified for us. We thank you right now. For peace, we thank you right now for hope being released in the room right now. We thank you right now for healing being released 
over physical ailments and pain in people's bodies in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit all because for God so loved us that he sent his son Jesus to rescue us to save us and to make us healthy whole and powerful hallelujah come on just keep receiving for another second no one leaves empty handed this morning and I just pray and declare right now in the name of Jesus that you will be driven by love and compassion that everywhere you go your heart would burn for people to have what you have that everywhere you go your heart would burn for people to step into what Jesus paid for them to have Jesus let us be driven by your love and your compassion.